VanastaHomesales.com studios welcome to Theology on Tap, where along with Father Jason Adams, we discuss topics that matter to you in your Catholic faith. Oh yeah, it's Wednesday night. <laughs> Rob bringing out the DJ in him over here. Well, everybody, welcome back to episode 19 this week. Welcome back to Titus Hand Theology. Father Jason, like we do every week, do you want to start us off with a prayer? I know we got a special one, too. Yeah, so how about we do our Ignatian prayer for generosity? All right. Make sure I really don't hear myself, but I trust that people can hear me as I lead this prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, teach me to be generous. Teach me to serve you as you deserve to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labor and not to seek reward, except that of knowing that I do your will. Heavenly Father, we present this prayer to you today. Lord, we pray for the people of Beirut. We pray for those struggling with anxiety and getting ready to come back to school. 
and we continue to pray for those who fight and defend our freedoms. Lord, bless this conversation that we have today, and as always, may all that we do be for your glory and good, as we make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Ben. Oh, get my hat situated there, but uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Tattletown Theology, where we're bringing people to Christ one victory at a time. Father, we got a great week set our great episode for us set up this week uh got a great guest coming in to talk to us uh and i think we're gonna have some new viewers from from some out of town because this guest is from out of town and gonna talk to us a little bit about being a military chaplain and talking about some services that he offers and he works with the va on his chaplaincy that's pretty cool anytime we can get a guest that's internationally known and locally respected uh, we appreciate that helps drive drive for viewership and reaching others yeah christ the new evangelization and these guys all got to hear a conversation uh pre-show uh between me and uh father mark mcgregor who's going to be our special guest today it was great to have a conversation he's actually a close family friend of ours uh as you guys some of you heard that we're sitting in on the headphones pre-show uh in the studio uh he was neighbors uh with my dad and his brothers growing up so uh that this this gentleman is a, is a good person to my family and, and and a great person just in general. I can't. I'm glad to have him this week. Um, so before we get into this interview, we're going to take talk about a couple things. One, trivia. We'll get there in a second. All right. But two, we're going to say a thank you right now before we get into the show to our patron sponsors. All right. We had a nice. Uh, Big thank you and, and, and to our viewers. You got your swag's been sent out uh, to our patron sponsors there. Uh, the swag's been sent out. We got a couple new ones this week, and uh, we're looking forward to introducing them later on the show. But also, to mention, if you haven't seen on the page, all right, uh, if you haven't seen on the page, if we get 25 patrons, 25 patrons, Father Jason and producer Rob are going to do the Choco Challenge. It, it is it's a, gonna be hot. Yeah, hot, hot. All right. A white, white chocolate white bar. Heat. Yeah, white heat. It's a white chocolate bar. All right. With high Scoville units, I believe is the way it's gone in there. So what we will do is we will stream that live, but we gotta get our twenty five patrons. We know you guys are out there. We know you want to bring pain. What? Duh. <laughs> That's the second segment. Yeah. We want to see Father sweat. Yeah, we want to we want to see Father sweat like he works at, working out at Orange Theory. Uh, and so, and we, and we just want to see Rob's face because we know as soon as that ghost pepper and uh, hits Rob's face, he's going to be making some great faces. So, go ahead, hop on there on Patreon. Our uh, the link is on the page. If you click shop, it takes you straight there. And we want to give a big thank you and a big shout out to all of our supporters on the Patreon page. All right. Also, if you can do right now, uh, let's, our producer Rob, uh, elaborate. Uh, me elaborate. Well, uh, you're about to go into your mic. I don't want to. <laughs> sure. What do you uh, want me to elaborate on? <laughs> oh, you're just yeah, leaving. I, I right. know that it's going to be hot. Yeah. And I am not. You know, and I'm. I'm. We're going to have a big glass of milk right next to me. Well, we tried those nachos with the ghost cheese. We know, did uh, try some uh, some ghost pepper nacho cheese. Mm. I could handle it. I think I can hang. <laughs> All right. So, uh, before we get to our interview here in a minute, we're going to go to break. But before we go to break, Rob, what time is it? It is da-da-da trivia. All right. So, this week's trivia pertains exactly to what we're going on today, talking about military chaplain. What is the patron saint 
of military chaplains. Again, what is the patron saint, or who is? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> who is? I can't even. I'm not even reading it right off the script. Who is the patron saint of military chaplains? When we come back right after the break, we'll announce our winner. We'll be back in just one second with our special guest. Ooh, and we are back. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. So. Uh, we got a winner. Got a quick winner on our trivia. We had a lot of quick and correct answers out there. Uh, our trivia question was, who is the patron saint of military chaplains? Sarah Berglund. You get our winner with St. John Capistrano. Great job. I will give that to Chop. I get your prize straight to Chop. Maybe i find him tomorrow. I guess he's at another school. Uh, I'll try to find him at football practice tomorrow. So, without further ado, let's welcome in our guest, Father Mark. How are you doing today? Oh, oh, oh. We oh. got we got to take him off mute. No, oh. can oh. can you hear me now? Can you hear us now, Father Mark? I oh. can. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, welcome to the show, Father Mark. Uh, how you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Nice to see you, Ben. Nice to see you, Father Jason. Welcome. Well, again, welcome to the show, Title Town Theology. Uh, can you tell us? Uh, we've given everybody a little insight to uh, what you do. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Hey, thanks very much for having me on the show and talking about military chaplains. I'm a military brat myself. My dad was in the Navy for 20 years, so uh, Northern Virginia is where I, I grew up. I was pretty lucky to live there for nine years, and I'm the second of four kids, uh, and we're all like in, within six years. So, man, we play, we wrestle, we study and uh, work and all those things together as, uh, as kids. Um, I moved down to... Um, uh, South Dakota when I was a, a little kid because my dad was in Antarctica for almost a year and a half. So we lived in a small hometown. Oh, lots of fun getting to know um, all my relatives and, and everybody. Lived in Panama for three years. What an amazing time to live there. This was in the 70s. So I had myself a, a blast living in Panama. We drove, if you can believe this, we drove all the way to the United States in 1976 in a VW uh, uh, bus. So that was pretty fun. Wow. And um, I went to, uh, we moved to Washington State, and that's where I fell in love with the Pacific Northwest. And um, I ended up going to college there, graduating in the uh, uh, School of Business at uh, Seattle University. And um, that's where I met the Jesuits. And the, the Jesuits, uh, gosh, they taught theology, philosophy, taught um, economics and uh, English. And I said, who, who are these uh, guys, these Jesuits? And um, so when I got to know the Jesuits a little bit and uh, went on a retreat, actually, uh, I, uh, I started to really take uh, much more seriously um, my Catholic faith. I, you know, grew up and uh, was cradle Catholic and everything. So um, uh, the Jesuits, uh, they they have a really nice spirituality. I call it uh, AMDG, Ad Mayorum de Gloria, uh, all for the greater glory of God. So I really, um, uh, I really thought that that was a, a theology, a spirituality that resonated with me, and so uh, I, I entered. Um, I'm the kind of guy, I, I love, you know, being outdoors. I love to travel. Um, I think maybe having a lot of, uh, uh, there's three three of us boys in the family, 
So being in a religious order as opposed to being a diocesan priest, I, I think that sense of, uh, of a mission, of a larger mission that the Jesuits uh, have, I think that was a little bit more appealing to me than, you know, uh, a diocesan priest who's going to be in a region, in a, uh, a local uh, uh, area. So um, that was, geez, that was 1984 that I entered the Jesuit novitiate. And, um, you know, I'm a guy, I, I love movies all my life. I've loved movies, did some advanced studies in that. I love sports. Um, one of the real influential things in my life was um, meeting a, a quarterback by the name of Jim Zorn. He was a Seattle Seahawks. He was their first quarterback, a real scrambling, rangy uh, left-hander who um, he came up to the Navy base where my dad was stationed, and uh, it was a prayer breakfast. So he talked with such confidence about his relationship with God, and it made him a better quarterback and a better person. And, you know, here I was a teenager, probably 15 years old, going like, what? How, do, how, how does that work? But it was uh, it was so authentic and so real. And uh, it was... Um, Really neat that uh, when he gave me his autograph, he put this little scripture quote, and uh, it's from uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Um, and, you know, pretty much it says, hey, there's no trial, there's no temptation or trial that has overtaken you that other people uh, haven't experienced. But God is faithful and won't let you be tested beyond your strength, and you'll find a way through it. And, you know, that's the kind of thing a, a teenager needs to hear. You know, when you're so caught up in yourself and everything. So um, uh, turning to God uh, through that and then trying to be a little bit more comfortable with uh, God in my life. Um, that kind of came out in my, uh, I suppose, in my college years of uh, having that relationship with Christ and um, having excellent friends all through life. Um, I've just been so blessed uh, with uh, so many different uh, friends and uh, their journey about something deep, their journey into faith, into uh, serving others um, has just been a, a great model for me. So I'll stop right there. All right, yeah, we'll give you a, a quick break. You mentioned uh, you're a Jesuit and, and how you've led to Jesuit life, but there's also something unique about yourself. Uh, you're in the military. Uh, what what led you to join the military and be a military chaplain? Well, the uh, recruiting office from the uh, Archdiocese for Military Services, they get some props because really ever since I've been uh, ordained, and I was ordained uh, 24 years ago, these little uh, postcards would pop up from time to time. You know, we're looking for uh, some chaplains. And... Um, I had just finished working on a, a national project about um, immigration education and advocacy, and I had traveled a lot um, throughout the country. And it just hit my consciousness, my, hey, I'm recognizing something here, of seeing a lot more young people who were uh, in wheelchairs with prosthetic limbs. And this was um, in the mid-last uh, decade. And um, I started to think, you know, a real important part of my life as a Jesuit is, what's your story? Tell me your story. And then try to help that person, you know, connect their story to something bigger, something more meaningful. And um, I started thinking about people in the military and about um, 
you know, a lot of the external injuries, but then there are a lot of internal injuries too. And um, the process of telling your story is, um, is very personal. And if you have to tell your story about some um, traumatic incidents, uh, people aren't going to uh, want to go there very uh, easily or often or at all. And so um, I started to think about how there is a need, A. Uh, B, I'm probably, you know, there's a good chance of success. I, I mess up things, you know, daily, but there's probably a good chance of success. And then uh, C, the question is, are there other people doing this? And the big answer was no. There is a shortage of chaplains, and I thought um, these are criteria uh, that really tugged at my heart. And um, I made a big jump from teaching in the university. I've always um, enjoyed uh, teaching, but um, I'm not per se an academic, uh, academician, and uh, you know, so set on research. And um, I was really uh, on fire to teach kids media and work in media and help them tell stories. And so this was kind of the approach that I said, I think um, Catholics in the military and military members, uh, they deserve good chaplains. They deserve uh, guidance, uh, someone to pray with them, someone to help them with uh, huge events, traumas, um, having to pick up and move every couple years. Or, you know, on a moment's notice, get out and do some exercise, uh, you know, go travel and um, be away from their families. Some, uh, I mean, something that I knew uh, as a kid. And so, um, and also uh, your grandfather who lived right across the street uh, from me, great friends of my family. So um, all those things um, about 10 years ago induced me to uh, join the uh, Air Force chaplaincy. The Air Force, and now taking care of the Space Force, uh, newly started. The Army has its own chapel corps. The Navy uh, provides chaplains for the uh, Marines and Coast Guard as well. So um, there was a little bit of a, I'll call it a political decision. I said, you know, um, so that my uh, this is in 2009, 2010, so that my provincial, the head of the Jesuits, doesn't get too worried about me uh, being in harm's way. And I wasn't really worried about it, but um, the Air Force, they tend to put their air bases uh, probably out of <laughs> out of harm's way. And um, so uh, being uh, deployed, I thought um, he might not have as a difficult time if that happened. And um, also some, some of the structure and some of the culture about the Air Force that I thought, hey, this would probably be uh, an easier uh, yes for my provincial to say to let me go into the Air Force. So after, after more than a year, I had to keep after him. And he said, I think this is authentic. Go ahead. I'll give you permission to uh, serve as a, a chaplain in the Air Force. So I was Air Force in active duty for seven years. And then uh, these past two years, I've been in the reserves. That's great. We got uh, we have one of our guys on our crew here, John. When you mentioned that uh, Air Force hey, guy, <laughs> how you doing, Father? He he laughed when you said, "Oh, Air hey. Force bases are, are not always in danger." He laughed and shook his head, and he was like, "Eh, sometimes." <laughs> it, it just depends on where you are. Yeah. 
Now, now Father Mark, question for you. So um, one of the gentlemen in our diocese is co-sponsored by the Archdiocese of the Military. You know, we're diocesan, and yeah. he's agreed he has to serve so many years in the diocese, then he goes, then he has to come back. It sounds like you're making a little bit of a career. So how does that work if uh, one was to discern, A, the priesthood, but if they want to be part, you know, talk to their bishop or provincial about serving, is it a full-time commitment? Can they do like a, a half and half? Um, is it salary? You know, how, do, how does that work for the curious minds? Okay. The uh, the chaplain corps um, falls uh, underneath uh, the, the military uh, branches, and you have active duty, which I really thought, hey, look, I'm 49 <clears throat> years old. I'm getting older. They're not going to take me, you know, uh, as I get older here if I don't get moving on it. And I think um, I think it'd be good to go active duty. So um, when you go active duty, you you can be sent anywhere in the world. You're going to be deployed, etc. You could be in the reserves, okay? Which means, hey, you're a full-time priest. You're in your diocese. You're in your religious order. And then um, there are two t- classifications of reserves. But there's um, uh, a reservist, you'll have your unit, you go to your unit on um, once a month, on a monthly basis, you'll do some uh, annual tour, which is two weeks. So you're going to be working maybe 36 days, about one month, a little bit more than a month, uh, it's 10% of your year, uh, that you'll be in the reserves. Um, or you could be a, a chaplain in the National Guard, which is um, state by state, there would be an Army or an Air National Guard could be um, um, some states that have a, a naval guard as well. So um, that would be also uh, a monthly basis and then um, two weeks during the year where you do an annual tour. The priest is you know, going to be you know, serving at his parish and then um, he'll get somebody to come in and help out while he is away uh, doing drill or doing an annual tour. When you um, are uh, active duty, you go from um, your diocese, or in my case, I'm the Jesuit uh, West Coast Province member. So the uh, uh, Jesuits or the diocese, they give you over to the Archdiocese for Military Services. And it's headquartered in Washington, D.C. The bishop is uh, Bishop Timothy Brolio. And he has a couple uh, uh, auxiliary bishops that help him. So then you get uh, approved. You've got to be able to, you know, preach well. You have to have the disposition to move around and take orders and, you know, be in the military uh, command structure. Uh, and from there, you know, the military uh, is going to send you where they want you to send uh, to go. Uh, your, your diocese, they don't say, oh, it'd be nice for you to be at our base, you know, if you're from uh, uh, New York, it'd be sure nice that you were at, you know, uh, a nearby base here in New York, it's not going to work that way. Wherever the need is, um, then the the military will send you. So um, you have to give a three year, uh, c- at least a three year commitment uh, to the military, and then um, every every bishop is saying, "Gosh, it it's kind of a tough thing." to be without my priest in my diocese. Mm-hmm. And so there's always that tension of, uh, I'll call it a mission, a greater mission. And if you look at you know certain places, people come into your diocese 
to a military base if there is a military base there. And then uh, people from a certain diocese, they might be going off and serving. So I really um, I hope that, you know, this is my little plea for uh, the uh, bishops and priests out there, that they'd really think about it not as like a zero-sum game. Oh, you know, they win, we lose. But that um, really it's a, it's a mission uh, being met. There's a real need that's there. And, um, you know, uh, I think that God is, God is taking care of uh, places, even though um, a diocese would, or a religious order would, you know, give up a priest. And that's all determined, how, how long you are going to serve is all determined by uh, you and the bishop. And if uh, you're ready to come back in, you say to the bishop, hey, bishop, um, I'd like to uh, come back to the diocese. Or the bishop or religious uh, superior may say, you know, I have a mission for you here, and uh, I'd really like for you to um, uh, come back. And maybe you could work in the reserves. Um, that's what I've done for the last couple years. Uh, when I left active duty uh, two years ago, um, I've done some work in uh, a university and uh, in a parish. And so um, now um, it's time for me to uh, still stay connected to the military. And um, my provincial and I said, hey, why don't you work with veterans? And uh, I said, that's something that I really wanted to do. And that's something that attracted me uh, to this vocation within a vocation. So I, uh, I am right now uh, just recently moved to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to do a, a residency, so a one-year clinical pastoral education year, so that I can be a fully certified chaplain to serve at a VA uh, facility. Yeah, uh, we, we had a great conversation a little bit about this, and uh, what all goes into this clinical pastoral education? What, what kind of programs, what, what are you going through with this stuff? You know, um, I bet, you know, all the listeners and people in the audience might might think, oh, um, you know, veterans, they might have, you know, some of their own particular uh, uh, concerns, you know, with respect to health, definitely uh, maybe some mental health issues. Um, certainly uh, geriatric, there's uh, plenty from the uh, Korean and uh, Vietnam War um, who, uh, veterans who, uh, they're being looked after by the VA healthcare system. So, uh, mental health, geriatric, uh, maybe some addictions, maybe uh, substance abuse, uh, alcohol, um, different addictions that um, uh, need to be addressed within the population. And then maybe some general uh, concerns too that, um, you know, you're <laughs> when you're 20 and 30 years old and jumping out of airplanes and uh, running hard, uh, your body uh, might uh, pay you back later <laughs> with some aches and some pains. So, um, you know, being familiar with uh, a military system and being familiar with uh, a lot of the way of life is pretty important to, um, I think, maybe giving good care to veterans. So, um, you know, one thing that has uh, concerned uh, our uh leadership in the military and in our country, many, uh, many places, is that um, suicides among veterans, um, they sit somewhere between 18 and 22 veterans uh, every day take their life. Uh, horribly tragic. Um, and I'm not going to pretend that I 
can make a huge difference, but uh, I certainly would like to make a, a, a difference in uh, in that area. And um, Veteran Administration Healthcare is uh, really going to try to uh, address and uh, find ways um, for suicide uh, prevention awareness um, as part of uh, their outreach. And I think that whole spiritual uh, capacity within a system to care for people uh, is something that they recognize that's important. And um, hopefully I'll be able to bring that. Now, we're we're in the midst of a, a COVID uh, pandemic. So, you know, as you know, everybody's been affected by it. So um, we'll have a modified program so that we're going to be, you know, keeping safe and keeping all of our patients safe. Uh, that's priority number one. So um, I'll be going through, you know, heck, Ben, you're a teacher and uh, Father Jason, you know what it's like to uh, be running a parish in these times. So um, we'll be uh, doing that in a healthcare uh, environment and um, being trained so that I could uh, be a full-time chaplain. Uh, Father, um, as a, as a former military member myself, I, I think it's important with the uh, with the VA to provide services like that. I think a lot of disconnect that you're going to get with uh, people coming out of active duty and other you know branches and all that, they don't necessarily know what to do after they leave active duty. So when you when you use the faith based services in the military and yeah you have someone that has been in the military and is now a chaplain with the VA, they recognize that they feel a lot more comfortable using them services. So that's always a good thing to have a prior military or a military chaplain with the VA that can understand people transitioning. So key, so key. And you know, when, um, you know, if people have uh, spent uh, a whole career uh, the, the military is, is set up in such a way, at least in the U.S., so that, um, you know, career progression, pretty clear. Here's the path. How do things, you know, get provided for you? Very clear. And uh, so uh, a lot of choices and a lot of um, uh, uh, dynamics out in the civilian world, um, yeah, they can be pretty daunting. Uh, and, you know, it's, <laughs> it's certainly not for competency. It's uh, it's all about uh, a certain uh, you know uh, set of systems and, and and way of life and sometimes it's a mindset but uh, it's it's uh, pretty uh, common for um, people to come out of the military and you know maybe feel a, a little bit out of their element you know and so you know when uh, people who are healthcare professionals chaplains. Uh, uh, social work uh, people, when they you know they open the door when they say how you doing and they mean it, um, it gives them an opportunity to uh, kind of you know share what's really going on or a, a few things that they're you know going through. So yeah, my my days when you know people say hey chap or chappy or hey what's up padre, um, people in in the VA system. You know, um, maybe they'll call me father, uh, who knows. But, um, you know, uh, people would feel uh, hopefully comfortable, veterans uh, can feel comfortable um, around a, a chaplain who's not there to judge them, uh, but, you know, to, to listen and to give them help on uh, 
you know, their their spiritual life, some of the, um, you know, deeper questions that they've got going on or their family's going through. And uh, they feel, you know, comfortable with somebody who, um, you know, in, in the military, one of the great things, um, somebody says, hey, imagine if you were in the uh uh, civilian world and you could go behind the counter at you know the local food store or the local hardware store in the military chaplains go everywhere I'm with the security forces I'm with the firefighters uh, I'm with uh, a medical uh, group um, you're able to you know snoop around obviously you got to be careful about you know what activities are going through but you know, uh, a chaplain, uh, you're you're doing PT. You're working out at you know six in the morning uh, with them. So um, the more that they see you on visits and you know see you uh, around, they're they're comfortable uh, that the chaplain is there uh, for them. Um, of course, uh, everyone's going to have different experiences with with people, but that's that's you know your hope is that uh, you'll be able to get to know people. And um, yeah, have a good relationship with them, and then you know the the folks who are Catholic who will see you, you know, um, uh, on Sunday Mass. Their kids are going to religious ed. Uh, you're you're working with them to you know get them to you know help out with some programs or with worship, and um, just developing you know wonderful relationships with uh, the Catholics. You're everybody's chaplain, but um, the military brought me there for a reason because I'm a Catholic priest, and so to be someone's padre, to be someone you know, a priest on the base, um, you're there in a very important way uh, for the Catholics, and you know how that can uh, translate, you know, later on in the the VA system, you know, uh, just to help them with their spiritual journey, continue to grow stronger in Christ and. Uh, and, you know, with their places in the church outside the VA, but you're there to really support them and uh, be a chaplain for them. And I think uh, one of the points you talked about earlier was in, in your life is, is in being in a Jesuit is, is having that story told. And I think what's going to be helpful to you is, is, is helping people tell their story and helping people get their story out. One, you're relatable because you are a, a service member just like them but also you're there and you want to listen to their story and I, I I think just listening to you talk that that's probably make things a little bit easier for you wouldn't you say absolutely you know um, uh, about gosh 30 years ago when I was teaching high schoolers uh, when uh, you could say hey tell me your story tell me something about yourself and you know, they're, they're not trying to figure out some angle to get something by you, but they see that you're really genuinely interested in them. You take them seriously, and you're interested in what's going on. And then um, I, I just saw through my priesthood, um, the more time that you take with people uh, to uh, help them hear their story, to help them uh, own their voice of what, what's, what's their life. And then to see how they could join their story to our story of salvation. And, you know, who, who is Christ and how does Christ help them, you know, with a plot in their life? What's meaningful? What's important? Where am I going? 
And, you know, these are the things that, you know, you and I would be, you know, really uh, familiar with, with, uh, gosh, somebody, you know, has a death or somebody has, you know, um, their kid baptized. Important moments in their life, important moments to, you know, that mark who they are as people. And, you know, when you're around for people's story to help them make sense, you know, let's say like with confession, you know, and reconciliation, you know, they maybe they need to write a new chapter or they uh, they need to get an eraser out and kind of change a few things and amend a few things in their life and do that in a holy way uh, so that they feel, you know, treated with dignity and respect and um, and then see, OK, let's write let's write a new chapter and um, let's let's include um, how you know God and how God is trying to love you and uh, people people love <laughs> to uh, see that their their life is being joined to a greater story, a story greater than maybe there's something that's confusing in the military. Uh, the military will tell you, this is your story. <laughs> You're <laughs> going to do this. You're going to get this mission. And, uh, um, you know, sometimes that, that, that might be really difficult. And especially, I know with a lot of younger uh, uh, service members today, you know, they, they're really into why. Why this? Uh, and they, they want to understand uh, the big questions of why. And um, I think that's really important to honor that. But, you know, you're going to find out in times uh, of, uh, you know, being deployed, being moved from place. You really like this place. You like the people, the mission. Oh, great. You've been here three years. Time to go. What? Uh, so, you know, I got to write a new story. And, um, you know, that's a great thing about being, you know, at a place for, for uh, a while because you get a chance to uh, meet some great people and be a part of their story. And you want that uh, uh, to be reciprocal. And sometimes, gosh, if this isn't such a place uh, <laughs> that I really like or, you know, it doesn't seem so great, guess what? In two years, it'll change. <laughs> well, uh, Father, how can veterans get assistance through programs? So uh, y y you're working with VAs. We got veterans all over. How can they go get assistance with chaplains or with any other help in terms of that? You know, there's a... Uh, um, VSO, a Veterans uh, Service um, Officer, usually in um, uh, every region, and if not um, right in a particular hometown, um, definitely within uh, regions or within state, um, there will be uh, Office of uh, Veterans uh, Affairs, and there's um, hey every service member who. Um, uh, is eligible for the uh, GI Bill Veterans Benefits uh, for Education. Okay, really important. Um, VA healthcare. Okay, the VHA, um, so that um, the healthcare administration uh, can uh, help people. There, there will be um, VAs um, across states. Now, um, it might be far away, but um, they've worked really hard. To help people um, get uh, health care, then there are, there's a myriad. Gosh, there's just a really long list of uh, how the VA uh, can can help people uh, retraining, um, uh, mental health uh, uh, counseling. So 
um, if uh, someone can find a, a, a veteran service organization, a VSO, um, uh, places like uh, the American Legion or the Veterans of Foreign War, the VFW, um, these uh, places um, have uh, veteran uh, service officers, mm-hmm. um, and they have the connection and the network uh, to help people, you know, find out uh, anything from yeah reeducation training, uh, a, a myriad of services, um, and then you know when uh, if uh, families uh, need assistance. The, the VA, they have a, uh, a lot of programs. Then um, it's some in uh, particular area are going to be um, able to meet uh, certain needs. Yep. So um, look, for a, a look for the a VA uh, hotline or office mm-hmm. uh, to help identify those needs. Okay. Well, producers are giving us a, a sign that, hey, we're, we're, how we're doing on time and stuff, we're good. But uh, I think as we get to the wrap-up, you, you're a traveler, you're in the military. Can you tell us any memorable, poignant moments of masses or sacraments that you've celebrated uh, on your travels? Wow. Um, uh, when I was <laughs> first deployed, uh, both my deployments have, have come at Christmas time. And um, uh, our uh, airfield, we had a... Uh, Kind of like a uh, auxiliary uh, dining hall that we could use as a chapel, and so um, it's Christmas Eve, and so <laughs> we went out to the uh, uh, dining hall area, and um, one other priest had called uh, the space Our Lady of the Dumpsters <laughs> because <laughs> it was behind the, the dumpsters, and uh, we had this incredible mass. We had um, had a couple weeks to prepare um our pilots and navigators they were the uh wise men (laughs) and then the maintainers were were really sticking close to typecasting people the hard-working simple uh shepherds uh the maintainers uh played uh the parts of the shepherd Um, we had an intel officer was uh, uh was mary and um we had uh, just this amazing spirit at this midnight mass uh, in this tent. And there were probably like 40 or 50 people who um, had either come over from the base or, you know, they're working. And uh, we had a, an incredible uh, midnight mass. Um, <laughs> and we knew just just as we were wrapping up the mass, just to make sure uh, it was time, uh, we knew it was time to go. Um, here's this... Uh, uh, C-17 warming up on the runway, which was just a couple hundred yards from us. Uh, so we uh, we knew it was time to sing um, Joy to the World and get going because those uh, those engines were starting to rev up. And we knew that, you know, the mission was continuing for people. And uh, we felt uh, such a, I'll say, uh, great sense of uh, gratitude that we could celebrate uh, Christmas that way. Um, gosh, uh, I had a very poignant moment um, to deal with a, a family who um, this guy is a, just an incredible uh, giving guy who's a, a firefighter. 
and uh, just um, it, just amazing tragedy uh, that uh, one of his children was uh, uh, in the hospital, and then um, I was getting prepared to to go over and visit, and then at four in the morning um, get a, a text from him saying. Uh, can you come uh, give last rites uh, to my son? And I just didn't know what had happened, but obviously something uh, tragic uh, over the night. And um, um, it's the most painful, but it's also very holy ground to um, to go. His uh, son was um, seven years old, and um, I could just tell him with uh, with tears coming down, saying, um, you know, the doctors, they couldn't save his body, but you saved his soul. And uh, yeah, that was just a powerful moment. Um, and, you know, it's something that you would never uh, look forward to doing. But especially um, uh, with people who, uh, it's their lives on the lines. And they're always thinking of, you know, how do I care for somebody uh, when the boom or the bang or the whatever goes off, they're running into danger. But then when their own families uh, are, are uh, devastated or uh, injured or, or, or die, um, that is uh, uh, something that is uh, really difficult. And um, the military was such a strong family. Uh, for uh, my friend, for this uh, sergeant and his wife. Um, and they were, you know, supportive uh, all the way through, um, as, as difficult as it was. Um, they were uh, family, and uh, they, they knew that. Uh, they knew that. Um, I was uh, really fortunate this past year. Um, I took a what we call a backfill, so for six months, I was in uh, Italy while the Catholic chaplain had deployed. Um, uh, I was able to go to Italy. And um, it just happens that every two years, Catholic chaplains need to uh, meet up with the archbishop and come together for what we call a convocation. It's like a five-day meeting. So uh, lucky me. The convocation uh, was held in Rome. It's annu- uh, every two years. There is um, for people in Europe or uh, maybe in uh, Asia come over to Rome. <clears throat> so uh, we were meeting in Rome, and uh, we had an opportunity to meet Pope Francis. So uh, when I had told Pope Francis as he's walking through, shaking hands. Uh, Padre Santo, Padre Santo, we're brothers, we're Jesuits. And he stopped and turned around and came over and smiled and shook my hand and talked for a few moments. And the other chaplains were like, hooray! (laughs) 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 Applause going on. And, you know, so you're getting 30 seconds, you know, with uh, Pope Francis. And he says, in a very humble voice, he says, uh, uh, Pray for me. I'm a sinful man. And it's just uh, a very humbling and uh, grateful moment uh, uh, to share and shaking the Holy Father's hand. And, um, of course, he's always 
uh, kind. He has a few assistants helping out, giving rosaries. So where's my, let's see, right up here, my uh, gift from uh, Pope Francis. Uh-huh. So I try to pray that every day. So, you know, having an opportunity to um, uh, be with other priests, to do that in Rome, and to, uh, to meet uh, Pope Francis, uh, that was a pretty amazing uh, opportunity uh, in Italy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and when I had texted the, the commander of our base, a uh, wonderful Catholic, a terrific guy, um, I texted my boss and said, um, I've got something special to tell you. Because in the back of my mind, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this to Pope Francis. And um, I had said to him, uh, Holy Father, please pray for the 31st fighter wing. And he says, I will. <laughs> <laughs> what is the 31st fighter wing? You know, what, is, what would he know? Yeah. But he said, I'll pray for them. So I texted that to my boss and uh, the head chaplain. And he told our commander, who um, that day was having a staff meeting in the afternoon. So uh, he just got a big kick out of it and says, gosh, talk about bringing the spiritual firepower you got the Pope praying for you. <laughs> so he was pretty uh, pretty darn excited about that. That's great. And that, that was something I, I knew I had to say that. So uh, mission accomplished. That was good. One last thing I want to ask you, though, Father Mark. So, uh, you know, when I studied in Rome, we had some Jesuit spiritual directors. They said there's a certain charism about their death. And I don't know if the viewers at home know, but... Is correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding is, so with your life, Father Mark, whenever the Lord calls you to his kingdom, you're buried where you were last served? You know, um, we do have a, a Jesuit um, cemetery in our province. So um, that that was the practice. That has been the practice for uh, Jesuits to be buried. But um, in the past, oh, I'll say probably in the last generation or not generation last uh, century mm-hmm. um, uh, provinces have organized um, cemeteries but uh, it definitely is true that uh, Jesuits um, we don't necessarily have a retirement age so you know die with our boots on I guess is <laughs> look Pope Francis was named Pope at uh, 74 so true. you know don't put your feet up on the coffee table, you know, when you're 72 or whatever. Think, you know, you're all done. You don't. You never know what mission <laughs> you're going to be called to accept. True. And uh, that may be the case um, that uh, wherever you might go, especially if it's a, a foreign mission or someplace um, outside your own country, um, you may not come back. Like Francis Xavier. Were you at the NAC? Yes. Uh, Jason? Uh, yes, Father. Awesome, awesome but, community there. Uh, very hospitable. And we had uh, eight seminarians. Five of them are uh, deacons, were deacons at the time. Now, a few of them just got ordained this past summer. But they would come up from Rome to Aviano, and that's about a, a, a five-hour uh, commute. So they would come up on weekends. That was another... Uh, thrilling thing to have deacons actually uh, working with you. Um, uh, most of my service in the military, 
I did not have any deacon to work with me. So it was a, a great opportunity uh, to have these young deacons uh, from the North American College. Yeah, uh, yeah they spread to, out. I, actually, in 2010, I visited Aviano uh, for a come and see weekend. So you have a nice little lodge over there and definitely get some nice snow and some hospitable people. Were, um, were you stationed over in Italy? No, so during my my studies, you know, um, you know, you know, we're actively pursued by recruiters. You know, we're all diocesan priests. You know, where they're or religious ordered, and as you said too, you know, you have to have the bishop's permission. So uh, I figured it didn't hurt. That, so we get to travel once a month to go see what's out there, uh, and be able to to enhance our own spiritual lives, et cetera. So we get to travel to see the world. And there was a come and see weekend at the Aviano Air Force Base. And the chaplaincy program was paying for any seminarian from the NAC that wanted to come and see for a few days what the life of a chaplain was at Aviano Air Force Base. So uh, so that's how I did it. So during one of my Christmas breaks, uh, I spent a few days uh, over there uh, at the base. And so a day in a life, I, the name escapes me of the chaplain I was there at the time. But that was just a come and see weekend. But, but yes, we had people there that'll be on Air Force Base, and then um, there were some uh, some other places. Uh, there's an Army base in Italy, and somewhere in Naples also that people served. So, yeah. Oh yes, uh, down in Naples, Vincenza, uh, and then uh, Aviano. Yeah, and you Great. you mentioned deacons, uh, and I believe he's listening. Apparently, you oh. had uh, mass and, and and some and some talks together with a deacon that's at uh, that's at our parish. Deacon Paul. Yeah, Pete. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. That's right. Yes. When, uh, my last deployment, um, I would go from uh, the country that I was in. I would uh, go to a few places, and this country, and uh, I can at least identify it as, um, well, it. Uh, it borders on the Jordan River, and so I would go there uh, once a month so I could uh, say Mass, uh, hear confessions, and um, that's where, uh, yes, I met uh, Deacon Pete. Yep. He's a he's a listener of the show, so or a watcher of the show. So he, he, hey, I'm going to give a shout-out from uh, the MSAB days uh, to uh, Deacon Pete. Okay. I hope he's uh, having a nice, cool one. Uh, <laughs> All right, Father. Well, uh, given the signal, it's time to start wrapping things up. We appreciate this conversation and having you on today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, guys. Great ministry that you have. Thanks for having Titletown Theology and uh, inviting me to to come on tonight. It's it's been a real grace. Go Zags. <laughs> yes. That's Go Zags. That yeah. was one of the places that I did teach at. Yes, That's I told. Right. You. Yeah. I hear they have a basketball team up there. They yeah. play basketball. Let's hope. I think I think you're right. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Let's hope we get basketball. I'm not hearing good things about football. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's hope that we get some basketball this year. If not, you know, we'll uh, we'll be uh, so pleased when we do get back to the basketball court. Yeah. 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 Well, you stay safe and stay connected there in uh, Tattletown, uh, Georgia. And uh, I'll do the same up here up in the – Midwest. Yes. And we appre- we appreciate you again coming on, and we're glad to have you. And we, It was a great topic. Uh, we, we got a lot of folks here that were extremely interested in what you had to talk about. Thank you, brothers. All right. All Thanks. right. All right. Take care. Have a great one. All right. God bless you. Bye. Bye. 
Well, Father Jason, another great episode. We're we're running through, man. I know uh, nineteen and COVID ain't slowing us down. And not, so. yeah, yeah. We've now paid. Hey, we beat COVID nineteen. Yeah. We're at nineteen <laughs> episodes. So next week's twenty. Woo! Ooh, yeah. All right. So uh, great talk, great conversation. Um, I didn't even know you had explored it, but I, is it one of those things? Just like we have recruitment. Uh, when, when you're in high school that you got the recruiters when you guys are in the uh, 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 at studying to be a priest do you guys get recruited there's many different levels because it's not like you know you have a career fair you know I, I'm when I, one time I ideally thought that you know to be a priest is there like a, a priest fair you just walk around and the Jesuits have a booth and the Franciscans have a booth uh, the Benedictines have a booth <laughs> you know like there's different ones but it's like no it's not quite like that so there's many different recruiters so in religious life obviously you know uh, Father mentioned how a Jesuit recruited him. Uh, Archbishop Hartmeyer talked about how he was he was taught by a Franciscan. So as Father Mark alluded to earlier, the priests or the people that are influential in your life are kind of what you would lean to if discerning religious life. So not only do you discern like a religious life or the diocesan priesthood, but within the diocesan priesthood or religious life, with your bishop's permission, you can take it to another level. So in this case, uh, Father had a chance to be invited by the military also to we as priests. You know, I could tell the new bishop, oh, hey, uh, by the way, based on my experience uh, in Valdosta and some other things, uh, I'm interested in pursuing for a couple of years here. And we go, well, let me pray on that also with you. Well, the Holy Spirit told me no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but no, but when we we're uh, in seminary, yes. And even like today, you know, Father Brian, I can tell you that uh, we'll get uh, solicitations. Just, uh, you know, asking because, you know, as Father Mark alluded to earlier, tell your diocese is mission oriented because some priests do or bishops do see as hey our playing field's big and uh, we got many talented priests we have many priests and we want to send you the best too we don't we want to send you a, a good healthy holy priest but we also need them in the diocese or yeah. like we also but our other brothers and sisters in the military need it too you know you know god bless they might have to have a, a person of another faith yeah too. but yes uh we priests are even recruited yeah, to yeah. even do other so what kind, what's star, if we go to priestrecruiter.com what kind of star rating do you have for a priest recruiter i mean we got five star athletes do we have like no i'm just messing i don't know <laughs> well, well, you, well i'll just say this you know sometimes i think do we have like are we like trading cards you know because we too get moved like from parish to parish yeah. what's our stat what are we good at our Ooh, you didn't do too so good here but you, you can prove to do better over there you alluded to a way to to solve our problem so you said discerning it comes from influential people and stuff we need great priests and influencing, especially our young men, at discerning the priesthood and looking into those and into that holy life, right? No, no, exactly. And I guess we can go ahead and announce too that we have a great priest that's agreed to call in, and we haven't heard his story on how his life and how we got to be where he's at. So, and yeah. I know you made a passion plea on the show beforehand too. So uh, we're happy to announce that Bishop Elect Parks has agreed on September the second to Can't be our wait. guest. There we go. So all right. So if one of his aides is watching and watching now, uh, hey, yeah, <laughs> we're excited. You know, we're, yeah. we're we're pumped. So yeah. got a couple weeks for that. So we have some other things coming up. But uh, before we wrap our show up, another yes. quick thing: Patreon account. Uh, Make sure you're, you're, you're liking, sharing the show on Facebook, YouTube. If you're a new listener tonight, thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, sticking and having a, a, a drink and enjoying some time with us on the show. Um, 
share and like. We absolutely love that pe- that people are enjoying and getting into this show. It's a great thing, and we're we're loving bringing it to you guys every week. So take that time. And then the other thing is is patron. Uh, this show is supported by you guys. Uh, we bring all this stuff, and everything is done is done by you. So uh, you see the link on our Facebook account. Uh, two patron. We've already mentioned 25 patrons, and we're putting Father and uh, producer Rob through the Choco Challenge. So uh, get that fired up. We love you guys, and we thank you for all the support you do on the show this time. And subscribe on YouTube and hit that bell, because every time you hit that bell, or when you hit that bell, when we go live on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock, it's going to send you a notification. There you go. And so it'll come up, and you'll be like... All right, All right, it's time. It's time. Pour, time. pour a glass. It's time. Yep. All right, I'll tell you right now, I think it's time for a prayer. Yep. You know, right now, we also pre- uh, appreciate prayers uh, for this ministry, and now let's give this back to God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we are thankful uh, for the gift uh, of priests that are willing to give their lives with permissions from their families and bishops to serve. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you bless all our veterans, bless all their families, and let us continue to find ways to better know how to uh serve them and their needs. Heavenly Father, just bless us all, and we just thank you for a great conversation. And we just pray, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for joining us for another great week at Town Theology, where we're bringing people to Christ one victory at a time. See you guys next week, and thank you for the show. Enjoy the show. For your and remember... Thank you to our Patreons, Alan Sanderson, Michelle Everett, Michael Johnson, our new patron, Teresa Alonzo and Brittany Pelletieri, Ellen B. Dunleavy, Hannah Everett, Ada Davis, Kathy Lloyd, and Larry Davis. His name I find.